I think that was another pause after I decided that I was going to write the story in this way then it became writing things that were painful to relive welcome to the compassionate creative the podcast that shares the stories of creative leaders who work to pave a path forward in their industries and do so with compassion authenticity and integrity I'm your host, Charlene Dinger, a fellow creative who is inspired by artists and innovators that push their work forward from a place of compassion. I hope you join me on this journey. Stay curious, listen with an open heart and mind, and hopefully we will all find some inspiration along the way. Hello again, my lovely listener. Welcome back to the podcast. So lovely to have you here in this space. A happy Friday to you. If you're listening to this on a Friday, moving into the weekend, I hope that you are doing well. I'm really excited to share this episode with you today. It was so lovely to go back and re-listen to my conversation with my guest, Christy Hughes. She is the author of Strong Roots, Wayward Soul. And she is the creator of a really beautiful community called The Brave Kind. And it was a real pleasure to sit down with Christy and have this conversation about The Brave Kind community, why she started it, why it was uh, sort of a way for her to tap into her creative soul and help others. She also shares in this episode uh, her story and her journey towards sobriety, how it allowed her to become more connected to herself and allowed her to reclaim her inner child through creativity. And she also shares um, why she wanted to write this self-published memoir, Strong Roots, Wayward Soul, and many of the ways that she was able to show her com- her self-compassion through the creative process. So I'm excited to share this episode with you. I hope you enjoy it. Let's go with Christy Hughes. So today I want to welcome my guest, Christy Hughes, to the podcast. Hi, Christy. Thanks so much for being here with me today. Hi, Charlene. Thank you for having me. Yes, I'm really excited to chat with you. Um, I definitely had a look at all of your work and um, your website. And when we sort of had a like pre-interview chat before this, I got really excited about all of the work that you're doing. So um, I'm really grateful that you're here with me today. Well, agreed. I feel like our messages and and what we Uh, are passionate about are very similar. So I was excited to um, follow you through social and and the podcast. And so I'm excited to be here. Yes. I love when, when just things like that align. So it's wonderful. Um, I know that you said that you had listened to, to one or two episodes. And so I always start with the same first question for my guests. And that is how have you shown yourself compassion today? So I did a Kundalini live stream class today nice. and I had not been able to, for a couple of weeks, I've had conflicts. It's on Wednesday mornings and I love um, taking the time out for that class. And I was able to do that this morning. So of course it set me in a, a great mood and a great tone to have this conversation today. I'm excited. Yes. That's um, amazing. I've been able to go in person a couple of times last month, and I had never done 
Kundalini in person. And wow, that there was a lot of energy in that room, but mm-hmm. I love that I have the live stream option too. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. The last, I, the last Kundalini class I did was quite a while ago, but then when I was working with one of my energy healers, um, she sort of gave me some exercises and breath work and that sort of reignited that, um, that curiosity of that practice. I think it's such a wonderful practice. It's so powerful. And like you said, the energy that, you know, I'm sure you feel even through a virtual practice, um, is incredible, but for sure, I'm I'm sure to like be in person and, and have that energy exchange in, in real life is even more intense. So I love that you practice that. I think it's such a wonderful way to like shift energy and um, re-energize and just explore so many different ways to breathe and move. So it's definitely a practice that I would like to dive into a little bit more. Yeah. And I, started yoga as like a lot of people, oh, I'm so inflexible Mm. and I just need it as a way to open my body and and work with mobility issues as I age. And so my my yoga practice was, and I was very intimidated because of my lack of flexibility. Mm, mm -hmm. And it's it's been fun to watch the last few years have just been very transformational for me in general, but just even the my yoga journey and going from being intimidated by classes to Hmm. now tapping into Kundalini practice, which chanting and all of that, I wouldn't have thought was going to be part of my practice or feel natural. And it's wonderful. So I love the, the evolution of my yoga journey along with everything else that has happened in my life. Yeah, that's so beautiful. And you have had quite, quite a journey. Um, We'll get into it for sure. But the journey has kind of led to the creation of the Brave Kind community. And I wanted to ask you about that. What is this community that you have started? And what was the inspiration behind it? Sure. Well, it's, it's really just for me, just kind of an energetic space right now. It's last year, I went through a chakra manifestation journey with my online yoga community. Mm. And I think at that point, I was kind of thinking about, I've been sober for three and a half years. And, and I think I was just looking for a way to to flex my creative muscle, but also bring, yeah, I just wasn't, I guess, really sure what I wanted to do Mm -hmm. yet with my, my creative soul and walking through this journey with my yoga group. I had this idea of, gosh, I really want to speak and help others. I'd love to host retreats someday. Mm -hmm. What does that look like? So I had these huge pie in the sky dreams Mm -hmm. about what I'd like to do someday. So the good thing about this manifestation journey was you bring it down to the earth plane. Okay, what can I do now? And I had this idea around centering a a platform, if you will, on on courage and compassion. Mm -hmm. So brave and kind. And I thought, well, I'm going to start this business community, Mm. um, just inspirational posts on Instagram. I have a Facebook page, but I'm admittedly not as involved right now, Mm -hmm. just because there've been a lot of other creative pursuits. So yeah, I I 
I came up with the brave kind name um, with sort of limitless possibilities. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> and I've done things like I did create an online course. Um, so did everyone else in the pandemic. True. So it's, uh, <laughs> I've, I've, I've worked with a few people that way. Cool. I got Reiki certified. So I offer Reiki within the brave kind umbrella. Um, I don't have any kind of formal coaching program or anything like that. It's really just about helping encourage mm. courage and compassion in others through um, messages I, I give out. And then yeah. all the while working toward this retreat dream. So yes. I'm hoping to have those off the ground next year. Yes. I, I love that. And it's really, it's very much aligned with what I am doing with the compassionate creative, like that, that, that whole journey sounds very familiar to me. It just kind of happened organically. And it was like, well, I guess I'll do a podcast. And then I guess I'll, you know, start to kind of see where that goes from there. And people just really seem to resonate with it. And, you know, I got messages like, you know, what you're putting out is really positive and like really encouraging. And it's like, well, maybe that's what it is then, you know, it's just like encouraging other people to move from a place of compassion and courage. And that is so beautiful. Like, that's such a wonderful thing to be putting out into the world. And, you know, whatever manifests from it is is going to be authentic. It's going to be beautiful and it's going to attract the right people into your world and into your community. So I'm so happy that you started that. That's so wonderful. Um, and, you know, you mentioned your sobriety. You mentioned that when you kind of got the inspiration for the brave kind, like, I love that, by the way, I just love the the name of that. It's really simple, really clear and, um, really inviting, I think. So you mentioned your sobriety and that that really is a big sort of part of of that journey. Um, so I was wondering, what was the turning point for you that sort of led you to the decision to stop drinking? Um, and how did that decision, how did that allow you to reconnect to yourself in a more authentic way? Yeah, it was, it was a struggle. Alcohol was a struggle for me for a very long time. I, in college, I would, I was a blackout drinker. And mm. so I knew at that time it was not normal. Um, not a, not a good way to drink. Mm -hmm, <laughs> and mm -hmm. so I, I couldn't moderate back then. And, and it, it took a backseat for a while as I started to get into adulthood and, um, start my career, but it really came back in full force, um, in my mid thirties when mm. I got divorced. And so I spent years questioning my relationship with alcohol, feeling like, well, maybe it's not that bad. I'm still functioning at work. I'm, but I'm able to let loose and have a good time. And toward the end of my drinking a few years ago, I, I was, blacking out all the time again. So for me, I think it, it does become hard when people are questioning, well, how much is too much or how often is too often? Right. And I was every other day, uh, binge drinking, taking a day off just long enough to nurse a hangover and then back at it. And mm -hmm. so I knew I was so reliant on it as a way to celebrate, as a way to cope with stress, as a way to 
eliminate boredom. It just, mm-hmm. no matter what the occasion, um, I filled those hours with drinking and I was getting to where the, the blackouts were so frequent. Not only was it shame inducing because mm-hmm. I had no idea what happened, mm-hmm. but it just, it felt like I was just losing so much of my life. And, and it, it was, I guess I was um, already into my forties. And so I thought, I just don't want to waste any more time right. <laughs> uh, being wasted all mm-hmm. the time. And, and so it was, it was tough because I had met my husband at a bar. And so um, we've been together almost eight years now. And so he's been almost equally with me as a drinker and as a non-drinker, which right. um, it's great that he's such a supporter of that, but it was tough to just shift my entire lifestyle um, when that was really how we spent a lot of our time. And so I used 12 step program. I had um, explored a lot of different avenues and that was what um, really helped me. I think the support of the community and it's, you know, you you're you were leading into the second question mm. around just what what the realization was or what how that tapped into creativity and authenticity mm-hmm. and those hours i think that's been the biggest awakening for me is i had i do all of these things and sometimes it's exhausting but mm-hmm. mostly it's rewarding and i realized how many hours i was spending drinking and just trying to numb out versus what I can do with that time today. Right. And it's just so amazing being able to do all of these things that feel authentic and that I'm passionate about, which I just had no idea. And I never given myself that chance. And mm. so by getting sober, I was able to say, Hey, here's this opportunity. It was tough. I mean, the first year was just trying to hang on and, mm-hmm. um, working out and exercising and doing various things to just fill the time. And I think it was, it was probably a a year into it that I started to explore again, creative pursuits. Mm. I also found a podcast called the unruffled, Mm -hmm. which is a creative, a a sober women's group based in creativity. Mm -hmm. And so that helped too. I, I was immersed in a sober creative group. And so I started thinking, well, I could write again. Mm. I started doing collage, various things that were just artistic. Mm-hmm. And I had fun exploring that and realizing how much of it tapped into where I was as a child. I, mean, I wrote poetry mm. as a kid. I loved to color and draw and design. And so it's like, oh, I get to reclaim all of those yes. things that 10-year-old Christy wanted to do. I love that. I really, really love that. Congratulations, by the way. You know, I know that it's not an easy journey. Um, I know a lot of people that have been through that journey and have, have shared some of those experiences with me. And I just applaud you and anyone that is, is going through that. Um, because it, it, is not, is not easy from, from what I have, I have heard, you know? Um, and so I think it's, it's, 
so courageous. And I thank you for sharing that story because I'm sure that there's a lot of people that are are out there that need to hear that as well and know that if they are also on that journey, like you're not alone and there's people out there that can certainly relate to you and support you and encourage you through that. Um, and I really, really love that it also kind of brought you back to this creative place where, you know, you you were able to see that again and realize that again and become present with it. And also being able to, you know, feed that inner child. Like, I think, especially as creatives, you know, we... We sometimes forget that we used to do these things and it really becomes like a job. It really becomes work, right? But I think that I, I know for me personally, I'm learning to really tap into that that little girl inside and, you know, cater to like what it was that she was always so passionate about because, you know, children are so creative without even thinking about it, right? Like I feel like my my little baby niece was just here and um even just like getting down on the floor and like coloring with her and watching her just color outside the lines and get so excited about it. It's like this is beautiful, you know? So I think just tapping into that inner child and and uh allowing your inner child to play and get creative is a really beautiful way to tap into your own authenticity again and like return to yourself. So it's really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you. Yes, it's been it's been an an interesting journey mm -hmm. to say the least. <laughs> mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I can imagine. I can imagine. And so um this this like creative women's circle is that something that you are it's something that you're part of is it something that you like ever lead or have ever thought about kind of creating yourself um, so I'm part we do weekly calls okay. um sober circle mm. pretty much and that's that was a great thing um they've since taken a break from their podcast recordings okay. but have kept uh, a weekly um zoom call going. Nice. And so that's been a nice way for us to all connect when the, mm. when the pandemic started last year, it's hard to believe it's been so long, but, um, so we've, they've, they started the weekly calls. And so we connect as a small circle Beautiful. and there's a Facebook community too. So yeah, we, mm. we stay tapped in. They even do a quarterly, um, recovery art exchange. And so I've been, I've, participated in that a few cool. times and have met some art exchange partners all over the globe. So yeah, there's a lot of ways for that. I stay involved with that community. Nice. Um, they, we, we just, we work very much as a collective. And so that's been a really nice experience. I think that we, we cheer each other on in a lot of ways I and support that. each other's art. And what I love about it is there's so many different mediums within our group. Mm. So writers, art painters, um, sculptors, knitters. Mm -hmm. uh, it's just neat watching all of the women bring their different projects to the table because we're all so different, but it all stems from our creative, our creativity. Yes. I love that. And I love that it is, it's, it's a community that you can depend on. It's a community that you can rely on. It's a community that can also like hold you accountable. Um, I think it's really important to have those kinds of people around you and in your life. And I love that it's it's also, like you said, stemming from this place of creativity. Um, 
And then also like supporting you on your sobriety journey. That's amazing to be to be surrounded by like, I don't know, I just have this vision of you all in this circle and just this like powerful group of creative women like nothing can stop that you know there's there's a real big power in that so I'm so happy that you have that and that the other women have you in there for for support as well that's really beautiful yes now I'm seeing that and I'm seeing a lot of color because Mm. we are a very colorful like bold groups. It's, mm-hmm. it's, and it's, yeah, it's neat to see women come out of their shell and sobriety. And even in my yoga community, I find the same thing that it's just, it's wonderful when people get to explore who they really are and um, the untapped potential. And what I love about both of those groups is celebrating milestones. And I think mm-hmm. that's been the beauty of being on this compassionate journey as you get to share um, wins with other people. And we're all yes. truly supportive of each other. Yes, that's so wonderful. And well, speaking of of sharing, um, you know, uh, you said that one of your creative outlets was like writing poetry and, you know, you you are a writer, you are the author of your self-published memoir. It's called Strong Roots, Wayward Soul, which I love as well. Um, and, you know, I have to ask, like, what was the inspiration behind the book? Um, what was the process like writing it? And how did you show yourself compassion through that writing process? Because I know that the creative process can be difficult sometimes, you know, self-doubt can definitely come in. So through that process, how are you able to continue to show yourself compassion? Oh, yeah, it was a lot. It was a two year journey to get to the finish line. And there was a lot of compassionate periods in there. Um, The book was inspired by my grandmother, Polly, who lived to be almost 100. And she was she was my role model for compassion, mm. super involved in the church, volunteer work, teetotaler her entire life, never mm. drank, um, and just lived this really full, really compassionate life. So I always wanted to be like her. Mm. And when she passed away, almost a hundred in 2016, wow. I thought her life is worthy of a book. It, it's there's so many amazing things I didn't want to lose Mm. um, when she died. So I started pulling together documents and different things to put together a little more of, I guess, a biography. And I had that all maybe lessons from granny or something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. So I started getting all of these things down and wonderful memories and stories with her. And I realized somewhere along the way that I really couldn't express why she was so important to me without thinking about how my drinking and my wayward soul Mm -hmm. uh, felt like a letdown. And I certainly don't think we, we have to live up to family obligations or that way, but I just, I just really wanted to emulate her life. And so I felt like my story needed to be told intertwined with hers. Mm. So I decided that at one point I thought maybe I just need to scrap or, you know, make them two different projects. Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe I do a drinking memoir and then I do a granny book. Hmm. And the more I thought about it, I took time. So I kept, I paused a lot during the process. And I think that was really important for me, um, was not to feel any 
deadlines or timelines, mm-hmm. just, okay, I'm going to take a pause. I'm mm-hmm. going to think, how can I make this work? And so I did, I decided to intertwine our stories and use a little bit of her history and her journey and how that influenced mine. And I ended up pulling in a lot of history of my other grandmother too, uh, Gladys. So Gladys and Polly are as integral to the book and my story as as I am. Um, And so I love that they're true characters in the book. And I divided the book into five parts and each of them explores different ways that we were very um, similar in paths, um, their love story and and maybe how I took a little bit longer to, to mm-hmm. get to my love, mm-hmm. my true love story and changes that happened in their life and how I went off to Arizona for a few years for a kind of a fresh start mm-hmm. and, and to, to be independent. So I loved learning about them and how there was probably some influence there, even in, in ways I didn't know. And so I, I love how it all came together. And I love that people who have read the book get to understand these amazing women and Mm -hmm. and how they influenced me and, and tap into maybe connections that they had with grandparents and, and those beautiful memories. I think one of the really important things that I learned going through it was um, the idea of shadow work and, Mm -hmm and working with those memories and honoring the space that I needed or processing the things that came up. Because I think that was another pause after I decided that I was going to write the story in this way, then it became writing things that were painful to relive. Mm. And so I, I did some somatic healing work. So I actually uh, hired a coach and worked with a coach for um, a few months with somatic healing. That was super helpful. I did some different yoga course. So just ways to help heal physically um, with all of the the emotions that were coming up. And by the time I got to the end and reworked and I worked with a developmental editor who was immensely helpful. So that was the the best investment I made um, with the self-publishing part of it. Uh, But working through, by the time I got to the end and I could reread the final draft, I could reread it it Mm -hmm. super objectively. Mm -hmm. And so it was great because I had taken the time that I needed and done the work I needed to to really heal. Yes, that is such a journey. And, you know, what really stands out to me is that word pause, because I feel like sometimes as creatives, we put this pressure on ourselves. You know, I know that there's deadlines. I know that there's certain projects that have to get done at a certain time. And that's totally cool. When it comes to something like this, where it's like a personal, you know, it's a personal project. It's something that you're really kind of like scraping down right to the very core of your being really and truly. Um, I love that you were able to give yourself that space and and give yourself that pause to make sure, A, that you were, again, being authentic to yourself, being authentic to that story that you wanted to share, and that you were also like integrating that self-care into the process. So wonderful, so beautiful. And I think that it really speaks to your relationship with yourself and your understanding of yourself to know like, hey, 
I need to make sure I'm still taking care of myself throughout this process and making sure that, you know, I'm able to process these emotions that are coming up. So I'm I'm really inspired by that. I think that's such a wonderful uh, thing to do for yourself throughout throughout the creative process. I think that's really beautiful. I think that it's so wonderful that you were paying tribute to your ancestors and acknowledging all of the work and all of the beauty and the kindness and compassion that they also uh, were putting out into the world. So thank you so much for sharing that work. And um, I'll make sure that I link the book in in the show notes so people know where to go and and find it it really feels like i said like you have this really wonderful connection to yourself and um sort of this this like presence and it really feels like you've through the work that you're doing you've sort of like stepped into this leadership role it feels like with the creation of the brave kind community the creation of the book you know being part of this women's circle where you 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 know are holding space for other people your work as a as a yoga as a yoga instructor like all of those kinds of things you're you're in a leadership role, right? You're in a place where you're holding space for other people. Um, so I want to know what you know. What does leadership mean to you? Like what what does that kind of a role mean to you? I love that you asked that because there is a line in the book about how difficult it was for me to step into that role of mm-hmm. entrepreneur of leading and i realized that leading by example is leading it's it's there in the phrase and so for mm. me being able to think if that's all i all i have to do as a leader is lead by example okay i i love that i i volunteer mm-hmm. every week for meals on wheels i'm i'm a mentor through big brothers big sisters i do a lot of things where i can lead by example and then yes. stepping into you know, leadership and as it pertains to maybe content creation or writing mm-hmm. and, and choosing those things. I think that's where a lot of my yoga journey has helped in the mm. sense of, I love the chakra system. It just really resonates with me, that mm-hmm. idea. And so solar plexus, I say that mine used to be the size of a pea. And so (laughs) doing work there to feel more empowered and more confident has, has come through solar plexus work, my throat chakra. I felt like I, Mm. I just didn't peg myself as a public speaker ever, Mm -hmm. but I have found that I love talking about things that light me up. So it becomes really easy. Part of my sobriety journey really involved letting go of other people's opinions and, Mm. and trying to do that work. So I think that's part of it too, is, is I feel confident as a leader because I'm less worried about, um, pleasing others. And and I I still want it to come from a very compassionate space, of course, and being kind, uh, but, Mm -hmm. but being able to just speak confidently and authentically, um, 
has a lot to do with me worrying less about what is everybody going to think? Um, because that right. was definitely where I was at for a very long time. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, mm-hmm. I, I love it. I, I'm uh, working through a, a public speaking course right now and just figuring cool. out playing with that. I think it's not, yes. I, I love that at the, at the top of our conversation, you mentioned, you know, the, your ideas can morph into a lot of different things and maybe some things will of come course. to fruition and some won't. And so I'm kind of exploring that mm-hmm. now. And, and so, mm-hmm. yeah, I, I just love it because it feels very, I love stepping out of my comfort zone now. I never thought I would say that. Um, It feels very courageous. And so, yes, anything I can do to tap into that leadership role feels like um, I get to to flex my courage muscle. And Mm -hmm. it's so empowering just compared to where I've been. That is the brave kind like that. That just kind of like sums that all up. You know, I think that's really, really wonderful. I could totally see you doing public speaking like it. You just there is that confidence. Like I said, there's like that presence there. There's that authenticity. There's um, yeah, there's there's you seem really like solid in who you are. And it and I know clearly that it's taken a while to get there and you've put in the work um, on yourself to to be able to to say that confidently. So I'm looking forward to to more from you in that in that way. And um, yeah, a lot of what you said really, really resonates with me as well, because, you know, I have various different roles where as you were speaking, I was like, oh, wait, yeah, I guess that would be like, you know, you're a leader in the community. The things that you put out onto your social media, like those, those are things that people are looking to from a leader. If you are saying like, hey, I'm living from a place of authenticity. I'm living from a place of compassion. Here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm believing in. Like, here's the work that I'm doing. Um, people notice that, right? And and if it, if it resonates with them, they're going to stick around around and and they're going to they're going to hang out and they're going to follow. So I think it's really important to be able to first of all like take that role um like very seriously in my in my personal opinion, right? Like just knowing that okay, like if there's people out there that are looking to me for that whether it's through mentorship, you know, I work with young dancers, I work with a lot of kids, people that come to like my yoga classes and um people are looking to you for for guidance and for support and so I think it's something to uh really hold um like to to a certain degree of like importance and seriousness so that's wonderful it's really really great that you're doing all of those things i really appreciate all of your work and i want to ask you one more kind of bigger question and then play a lightning round with you if you're up for it i i will do my best <laughs> sweet um So finally, Christy, what does being a compassionate creative mean to you? Well, we talked a lot about the pause, and I think that that's where um, working at our own pace, taking the time Mm -hmm. we need to not force ourselves into a deadline or a certain outcome. For me, that was really what um, learning how to be compassionate to myself during the writing process. And even though it took two years, it took two years. And, Mm -hmm. and, and I don't know what the next 
one or two or three books will look like from a timing standpoint, yes. but I, I'm grateful that I allowed myself the flexibility, um, to, to invite that compassion into my creative process. And, and I learned a lot, but I think to just listening to that inner voice, there's certainly rules around words per day and daily writing and different things as a writer that you can follow. But for me, this first project had to be very much, um, led by intuition. And, and Mm. so I'm so pleased with the outcome because of that. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Thank you. Okay. I've got the lightning round questions for you. Let's start with favorite method of self-care. Oh, salt baths. Nice. Nice. Really nice way to unwind. Yeah. And we uh, live in a camper right now, so we don't have a tub and I can't wait till the day when we have a tub again. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay. First thing you do to reconnect to yourself. Oh, I think yoga in general, any type of yoga. Nice. And to show compassion means to? Oh, I think um, heart, heart-led anything. So mm. heart-led conversations, heart-led activities, just leading from your heart space. Beautiful. I feel most creative when I? Right. <laughs> Hands down. Nice. Nice. And finally, authenticity is? I think just expressing ourselves from that, that inner, that inner light, that inner knowing, Mm. um, just whatever feels incredibly aligned in your heart and your gut is authentic. Wonderful. Wonderful. Christy, thank you so, so much. I feel like I was meant to have this conversation with you today, right here in this moment. I really, really enjoyed myself. My cheeks are hurting. I was smiling <laughs> Mine this whole too. time. <laughs> you, me, and the Gladys <laughs> energy. Really, yes, I love it. I love it. Um, everything really, really resonated with me, and I can't wait to share your work and you know all of the beautiful things that you're putting out into the world. Thank you so much once again for being here with me today. Thank you so much for having me. Yet another wonderful guest and lovely conversation. I felt so inspired. And, you know, I say this a lot about many and most of my guests, but I could have just talked to Christy all day. So I want to thank her once again for being my guest. And I want to thank you as always, my beautiful, my lovely listener for being here with me, for allowing me to come into your space and share. I truly appreciate the support. If you feel called to do so, please feel free to share this episode and let me know your thoughts. I will be back again next Friday for a free flow Friday. Until then, I hope that you are staying safe and healthy. Take care. 